Today on Season 3, Episode 81 of the Unknown Packers Podcast, it's officially Rams Week. I join Bryce in the UPP studio for the first half where we talk vibes, X-Factors, and I spring a fill-in-the-blank on them. Well, sorta. The second half welcomes Alexis Kraft of the Downtown Rams Podcast. We learn about her roots with the Rams, some players to watch for, not named Jalen or Aaron, and get her take on the game. This has the makings of a battle for the ages, Packers fans, so buckle up. And now it's time for Facing the Rams, Alexis Kraft on tap. so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. Touchdown! Dagger! Al Harris, 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown! Green Bay Packers! Go Pack! Go! Running isn't everything, but it's the only thing. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Unknown Packers podcast. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. And let me tell you this, Green Bay is a great town. And welcome to the Unknown Packers podcast for Facing the Rams, Alexis Kraft on tap. We will welcome her in the second half. She is our Rams guest from Downtown Rams podcast. Really excited to get her perspective of the divisional round opponent, the Los Angeles Rams. Typically on Thursday episode releases, I am peacocking it. I am going solo and then the second half we have our guest. But you all wanted Nebels again, back-to-back episodes, or I should say Nebels' dad, and a bunch of other people had chimed in as well, really liking the Three Musketeers approach we did last week. So I sort of gave a little bit of a preface that I am not solo. I've got co-hosting with me, Nebels. How are you doing, my man? What's happening, Bryce? I'm doing well, and thanks for thanks for having me back. <laughs> you make all the shots. I mean, you are the magician behind the scenes, production director, co-founder. So for those, for our new fans, you wield the power sword, my friend. I am just along for the ride and I am uh, humbled to be in your presence. I'm thrilled to co-host with you, especially, I don't know if you remember this though, a year ago, we went to the divisional round playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. How could I forget? How could I forget? I I was more alluding to the fact that time-wise, like crazy to think that that was a year ago. And I had mentioned this in the Quick Slants guest episode I had just, uh, which released uh, yesterday, Wednesday. Check that out if you haven't with uh, Quick Slants with Jason Perrone. Mr. Big Time here. (laughs) That's my second guest episode. The first one was with, uh, I forget who it was, but it was a Chicago Bears. I think it was like the Audible or something like that. Oh, Chicago Audible. And they did not want me back again. So I can only imagine uh, I crashed and burned, what have you. But I was pretty humbled to be on Jason Perrone's podcast. And we talked a little bit about background and pretty thrilled you've been a part for the last couple of years, going on uh, year two this summer, and then Ken going on a year coming up this spring and summer, and we're not going to do any sort of tinkering come off season. So what you see is what you get. We're pretty excited that we have our equilibrium, we have our foundation, and but speaking of what you all tuned in for, Packers, Rams. This will mark the 34th season with a postseason game for the Packers, which surpassed the Dallas Cowboys, who had 33 for most in the NFL. 
uh, what are your thoughts? What are your vibes as the Packers and Rams square off? It's going to be a chilly one. No snow predicted this 325 kickoff on on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, about that, in regards to the weather, I, I keep seeing the forecast is getting a little bit warmer, a little bit warmer. I think it's going to be hovering around 30 now versus the low 20s. So that's always a bummer. I, I like it cold. But general vibes for this game is like a typical Packer fan. I kind of have my ups and downs. I get really excited <laughs> about it. I get really nervous about it. I get really excited about it. I get really nervous about it. I can't wait. It's going to be a great test for the Packers. And like they say, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a great, great matchup. It's going to show what this Packers offense is really made of. See how the, you know, the number one offense in the league matches up and, and, and competes with the number one defensive uh, defense in the league. I think it's going to be a, a great matchup and I cannot wait to see it. I'm thrilled to, on paper, I think the Packers are leaps and bounds better than the Rams. I think at home, I think year two under Coach Lafleur. I don't think he's going to get as starry-eyed as he was last year. Sure. I think he he sort of understands the grind. Uh, played in or coached in the NFC Championship game his first season. Uh, now his second go around at the playoffs. You also have other players that got to taste postseason. Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. You also have Jair Alexander and uh, rookies. La- Rookies last year were Sean Gary and Darnell Savage. Also, Adrian Amos. I don't know if he ever went to the postseason with the Chicago Bears, but a lot of first-timers last year. So I feel way more confident. The only thing that lurks in, in the back of my mind is the yips. Sure. And I've mentioned this on the Quick Slants episode. I mentioned it in the Divisional Round on Tap episode with myself and Ken. The yips. The playoff yips. It's happened in the past. I'm trying to stay in the moment. And like you, yesterday or two days ago, I felt really good. I felt confident. I felt it in every fiber of my being that the Packers are going to coast, in my opinion. Every day it gets a little weirder, and I I just don't know if it's the butterflies, it's the excitement. That's the thing that I'm concerned about. On paper, you have MVP Aaron Rodgers. You have what I think the NFL Offensive Player of the Year in Devontae Adams, what I think NFL Coach of the Year in in Matt LaFleur, and then you have an ascending and peaking at the right time defense. Mike Patton has a lot to prove. A lot of these defensive players have a lot to prove. I wonder if Jair Alexander has a chip on his shoulder because he was snubbed for first-team All-Pro. So I think in that regard, I feel even more confident, but the playoff yips. Is just what's lurking in the background. Do you have the same vibe as I do? You know what? I I, I don't really. Uh, I mean, everybody talks about Lafleur and the Packers coming off their bye weeks, and in the regular season, we saw mm-hmm. how that turned out. Uh, right. But you know, last year, different scenario. They had the bye week before the playoffs and came in and took care of business against Seattle. I think it's it's just a different mindset. They they know this team is special. They haven't seen success like this, in, you know, this overall offensive defensive success like this in a while. And I think they're going to embrace this, uh, the home, the home field advantage, the, you know, the, the 6,000 fans that will be there. I think that's going to all play to the advantage. And I think the yips, I, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to be present. What's doing uh, doing it for me or making me nervous is I, I'm apparently I'm a glutton for punishment, so I'm going in kind of reading up on the Rams and their defense and mm-hmm. just seeing how well they match up and how this defense is almost built to mm-hmm. match up with the Packers. That's what scares me the most. I mean, anything that they the Packers do well, this you know this Rams defense is built to combat. You know they have the the they're gonna they're gonna dare you to run. 
you know, with their four man front, they're going to dare you to run, which the Packers, you know, can do well. However, even with their 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 heavy, uh, you know, when they when they kind of have a heavy load on the back end and and a light front, they're still top ten in every major phase of the game right. when it comes to rush defense. Mm-hmm. So they're daring teams to run. They're stopping the run. Obviously, we know they have an elite secondary. So Tay's going to have his work cut out for him. You know, Lazard's going to need to step up. MVS is going to need to step up. All the receivers, Tunyon's going to need to have a good game. It's just they're a scary, scary defense. And I can see why people are saying, hey, don't take this team lightly. They may be a sixth seed. They may have, you know, their offense isn't great. But this defense, man, I said they are the exact defense that are built to combat this Packers offense, and that's what makes me the most nervous. Yeah, I'm with you. Number one defense against the number one offense, that's another storyline that you're going to hear as we get closer and closer to kickoff on Saturday. Uh, the Rams allowed an NFL best negative .13 expected points added per pass this season. For perspective, only four teams in the entire league allowed a negative EPA per pass. So from top to bottom, this Rams unit on defense is is nothing short of spectacular. Uh, you're looking at first-year defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, who we'll talk a little bit about in the second half. He's schemed almost a college-level yeah, defense. Yeah. So, th- so this is a very unique defense. When Rodgers... Talked about after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, you know, that 38-10 drubbing that the Buccaneers land or gave to us right after the bye. He had said that he saw concepts that he wasn't really familiar with. Expect that on Saturday. I, I think this defense is going to bring a lot at you. The one thing that makes me a little giddy is that Aaron Donald's not 100%. Right. Even though 75-80% Aaron Donald is a whale. Is a beast, but he's also going up against the number one rated center, all pro center, and Corey Lindsley, who is also what seems to be as healthy as he is pre knee injury that he suffered, I think, in week 12. So I, I feel good, but the more I start ruminating on it, the more I start thinking about it, this is the defense that the Packers could have trouble against. But then again, you're the number one team. I think uh, the Rams giving up 18.5 points per game, which is best in best in the league. I think that the Packers can score 28. And sure. if they do, I think that they're going to be okay. I, the Rams struggle getting up in that higher 25 to 30-point range. I don't think that they have, they have the offensive firepower. If we can control Cam Akers and make Goff beat us, in cold weather, he is atrocious. Oh, He's yeah. 0-5 in games under 35 degrees. He's thrown no touchdowns and five interceptions. And then you have Aaron Rodgers. I think the Lambeau mystique, the Lambeau cold, it might not be as cold as we want it to be. I think that is the X factor when it comes to the Rams coming in. You have these cocky teams that come in, practice without their shirt on, walk around barefoot, but then when you get into the gauntlet of four quarters at Lambeau, the grind will wear you down. And this Packers team has the mental fortitude and the offensive firepower and just the right style of defense so far that I think that this is the marquee matchup, in my opinion, uh, when we're looking at the playoffs outside of whoever the Super Bowl contenders will be. I agree. This Rams and Packers game is the marquee matchup. Number one defense, number one offense, all pro, all pro, strength on strength, but you have Aaron Rodgers versus Goff or Wolford. I take Rodgers, so I'm feeling good. Oh, for but sure. Speaking of X-Factors, you alluded to the fact last week about snacks 
is he still the X factor for you leading into Saturday, or is there a number one or another one that you've been thinking about? So I think player wise, you know, on the defense snacks is the X factor, but I'm going to kind of broaden that a little bit. I think this defense is going to have to be the X factor for for the game this week. Reason being is obviously you know the Rams have the number one defense. All signs point to them you know being able to go to toe to toe with our offense. And I, but I think our defense is is more than capable, like you said, of, of shutting out Goff and the Rams' offense. It's going to be one of those things where the defense is going to need to keep Cam Akers in check, which I think they're more than capable of doing. I think they're going to line up some fronts like they did against Tennessee to shut him down, and they're going to try to force Goff to beat them, which I don't think he's going to be. You know, he's not going to be capable of doing it. Knock on wood. I think it's going to be a game where turnover is going to be a big difference. Hopefully, we can steal a possession or two. And then also, I'm looking for a defensive score. Ooh. If everything plays out in my mind like I think it may, it's going to be a low, a low scoring affair, and this defense is going to be the difference. We got to stop the Rams. We got to get turnovers and hope we get a pick six or a fumble or at least, you know, have the defense put us in a lot of short field situations where if we need to, you know, kick a field goal and take the three points, so be it. Points are going to be at a premium. And like I said, I think that, uh, this defense is more than capable of shutting down the Rams, the Rams offense. I don't want to say our defense has to play better than the Rams defense does, because again, we're talking about going against two different offenses, but I just think that as long as we, you know, the defense has played how they are trending, I think they're going to be the X factor. I agree. This Rams team is banged up. I mean, every team is banged up right now, but they're banged up in some very premier positions. Goff has m- several pins in his thumb, so you don't know how he's going to be. He's already proven that he's not good in cold weather. Then you add in the fact that he's got these metal pins in his thumb. Yep. How is that going to affect him? Cooper Cup is battling a knee contusion, so he's not going to be 100%. And then all-world, possibly three-time defensive player of the year, and Aaron Donald is not 100%. He's got a rib injury. I've I've read like a torn cartilage, torn cartilage also yeah. a dislo- dislocated rib, possibly. At, in the trenches, how much he moves with that sort of ferocity, I guess. I I foresee him being limited, but I mentioned this in the Quick Slants episode. This could be Donald's, Michael Jordan's flu game, where everyone's sort of counting him out. Uh, McVay called him the Terminator. The Terminator will be ready on Saturday, so expect him to play. He's never missed a game, so I feel feel good. I think the defense can neutralize Goff, much like how they did with Trubisky and Tannehill. They made those two quarterbacks try to beat the Green Bay Packers, and they failed. I think if you do the same thing in the elements of Lambeau Field, regardless if it's not snowing, regardless if it's a little bit warmer, I feel good about that. Speaking of X-Factors, I love your pick. I think all eyes are on Mike Pettin. He's been beat up in the past, especially in the playoffs. I think this is an opportunity for him to silence any sort of critics. Uh, This is a top 10 defense as well. It's peaking at the right time. They thrive on turnovers. The Packers have the best with a plus seven turnover ratio. So I feel good in that regard too. The X factor who I've mentioned before was Dominique Daphne. I think he's going to continue to start ascending a little bit. We're just scratching the surface on him. The X factor for this Saturday game for me is Aaron Jones. I think nice. I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of rushing yards. I just okay. with this defensive line, they've given up what three yards per carry. Right, right. This is a stout defensive line. However, I think since we haven't done it so much 
this year. We did it a lot last year, but exploiting the defense and getting Aaron Jones involved in the passing game. I think that's what we're going to see. We haven't seen it that much. I think that is the ace up the sleeve for Coach LaFleur. That is my maybe wacky prediction, but X-Factor not in the running game, but in the passing game with Aaron Jones because much like what Jason Perrone mentioned in the Quick Slants episode, Coach McVay is going to pluck players out. He's like, I'm going to take out Devontae Adams. I'm going to take out Robert Tunyon. I'm going to take out MVS. Well, you can't take out everyone. And I think that we haven't seen that powerful, potent passing prowess from Aaron Jones this year because I think that they've been holding on to it. I think we're going to see it on Saturday. He's going to open up the playbook. We're going to see a lot of eye candy, pre-snap motion, confuse this defense. And then we've also got what I think three-time MVP and Aaron Rodgers. But the X factor for me leading up to the Saturday game is Aaron Jones. I think he has a big game. That's that's a great pick. I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, we can we have seen how lethal Aaron Jones can be in the passing game. Like you said, I, I think that uh, we'll get, I, I think we're going to see one of those games where we'll get some chunk carries here and there. But uh, overall, yeah, not not much going on the on the sh- you know short ground game or mm-hmm. the long passing game. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Jones getting those little passes. I think that's that's a great pick. Great pick. If the Packers' offense is out there for a lot, if they get more plays than they did against Chicago, I think they only had like forty four offensive plays against Chicago. Sure, I think you're going to see a little bit more AJ Dillon. I do wonder yeah. if they're being cautious with him, but at the same time. You've got a championship caliber team. You are not that far away from, I'm not even going to mention it. Yep. I think that the signing of uh, Jared Valdir as well has signaled that from top to bottom, this organization is all in. So if you're all in, I think we'll see a little bit more of A.J. Dillon. He only got one carry against the Bears two weeks before now. That's when he teed off against the Tennessee Titans for 120-plus and two touchdowns. He's the youngest Packers player to ever do that, rush for 120-plus and two touchdowns, which I thought was a, a really fascinating statistic. I thought that we've had others that have done better, but that was an historic performance. I think we're going to see a little bit more of A.J. Dillon, a little bit more of Jamal Williams. I think they're going to be the focal point. I think that the Rams are going to try to do too much by, we have too much firepower. And I think that you try to pluck away all these players. That leaves, I think, A.J. Dillon being a little bit more punishing, wearing this defense out. And then that play action, the bootleg, the the rollout. That's the other uh, aspect, Nebels, is the Rams offense is predicated off of the play action. So Packers defense, Rams defense. I think whoever wins the play action battle is going to come away victorious, and I'm leaning towards the Green Bay Packers. Definitely. And uh, speaking of A.J. Dillon, I just want to see him drop that shoulder and lower Mm -hmm. the boom on... uh, on Donald, you know, a couple of pops right to the ribs. He's not going to be, you know, he's going to get a little gun shy, I feel. I mean, that's the whole rib cartilage thing. That's a that's a big deal. I mean, he's going to have a flak jacket on him. He's a tough mm-hmm. guy. I, I expect him to grit it out the whole game. But, you know, that's in fa- impacting your movement, your twisting, mm-hmm. your lifting of your arms. So he's going to be about as limited as, as you're going to see. So I think the cold weather, a couple of shots from Dylan, he's going to be a little bit gun shy of attacking line of scrimmage. But, no, in all seriousness, I think he's going to be – He's going to be all right, but I do want to see that. Quadzilla versus the Terminator. Oh, I like it. And what what are the Rams supposed to say? It's a divisional round game. Of course, they're going to pump up Aaron Donald. They're going to say that he's going to play. 
but yeah. torn cartilage in, in the rib area for how how much he wrecks the offense with his play. I just expect a little bit more subdued version of Aaron Donald. You sure. know, maybe I'll be humbled, but we also have Corey Lindsay. We have a really strong interior line, so I feel really good about that. As we wrap up, the first half or get close to wrapping up the first half we had you had a fill in the blank for me that uh, I think is a perfect way to wrap up the first half before we welcome Alexis Kraft of downtown Rams in the second half okay and actually I yeah I have a, I have a regular question for you as well I know we were talking a little Ooh. bit about getting into the signing of uh, Valdir and all right. um, do you think that uh, and I think I asked this to, to friend of the show Gil Martin, do you think with the signing of Valdir, obviously it's going to be more of a, a depth piece. Do you think that the Packers are going to have Patrick on a short leash? Uh, th- I think he was brought in to provide depth. I don't think he was brought in to start right off the right, bat. Right. But he has been playing. I mean, he just played in a playoff game. He was elevated onto the 53. He wasn't signed to the actual 53, which allowed Gutekunst to pluck him and sign him for. So I, I think you play your best five. Right. And so if... Valdir shows like or if he's shown in practice this week maybe there's a possibility yeah I do think that there's probably a shorter leash for Patrick but at the same time you've also mentioned that you don't want to do too much right, shuffling right. around and you don't want to get too cute so that's a great question I do think that he's more of a a depth piece. Wagner looks to be healthy. Lindsley wasn't on the injury report. I know Wagner was, but all signs point to him playing. So I think he's in for more just insurance gotcha. in, in case. But at the same time, if Patrick's struggling and if Valdir can supplant him and do better, why not go for that? But I, the reshuffling, I wonder, I think it's more of a, a depth move. Yeah, I kind of agree. You know, it seems to me that Patrick may be on a short leash. I mean, he has gotten blown up a couple times in the interior and when you're facing Aaron Donald, there's really no room for, for right. air in that department. I just didn't know if you know they brought in Valdir and would, if, if Patrick is getting blown up, which again, I have confidence in the guy. I, I think he'll do okay. But if he is getting blown up, uh, do you think they'll they'll move Turner back inside and then play Valdir out at tackle? Get a little bit more solid depth in the middle there. I mentioned that in that in my guest episode, and from what I was what I gathered was just roster depth. I don't think that they're Billy Turner's proved that he can handle left tackle, so I think the only way is if it's one of those things. I mean, you're only as strong as your weakest link, so if Patrick is getting blown up, maybe you do that sure. in order to uh, make some sort of adjustment. But at the same time, I think left tackle outweighs right guard, so I would prefer Turner there. And then I'm thinking Valdir would probably replace Wagner if he's not good to go. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, well, good deal, good deal. I can uh, move on to that fill-in-the-blank question again. All right. Now, this is one that, uh, you know, give it give it a second of thought. Don't just answer the the obvious answer right off the bat. But, okay, uh, okay so we're putting we're, we're putting Bryce in charge of the game day decision-making. You know, you're, you're in charge. What does this world come to? I know, right? So, <laughs> you know, you're out there, you're out at midfield for the coin toss, okay? The Packers win the toss. What do you choose to do? Do you choose to receive or defer to the second half? So the Packers have always had like a lull in third quarter. I do like the double up where you possibly score at the end of the second or end of the first half and then you get the ball back in the second half and do that double up. I just think over the course of the year, they've struggled in the third quarter. My gut is telling me that you accept and you get Rodgers out there and uh, they've been 
really good this I think outside of one game they didn't score on the first drive. So sure. I think that the Packers have shown that they can score at will, especially on that first drive, punch the Rams defense in the mouth right off the bat. It's it's our house. Don't let the Rams dictate, let the Packers dictate. I'd like a little bit more of that. Let the Packers dictate. So my gut is telling me that we accept and we get Rodgers out on the field. And for the record, that was pretty much the 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 most poorly phrased fill in the blank question ever. I kind of spaced on that. <laughs> I one. knew I knew what you were getting at though. <laughs> no, and and, and I, you know what? That's uh, I was talking about this with my dad earlier, and that's the exact answer that uh, that I gave him as well. I said, "Hey, oh really? Yeah, yeah. I would uh, nice. I would choose to you know take the ball. Um, you know, pretty much for the same reasons as you said. You know, they had that law in the second half. I would rather just." Take it to them while that you know that that cold air is still fresh and they still right. have you know the shock hasn't worn off. Just take it to the you know, to the Rams defense right off the bat before they have a chance to make an adjustments. And and again, I think the points are going to be at a premium in this game. If you can go and score right off the bat uh, and get that you know, a quick seven point lead, I think that could be the difference in the game. So yeah, I would I would take the ball as well. I love it. Clicking, firing all cylinders. Well, thank you so much for everyone that tuned into the first half of Facing the Rams. Alexis Craft on tap. This is your playoff podcast edition. I'm thrilled for our next guest, and we'll get a, a little bit of a sneak peek, a breakdown of our next opponent, the L- L.A. Rams. But uh, this is fun, Kent. Uh, Ken, oh, geez. boy. This was, <laughs> this was fun, Nebels. I, I look for it again. I, I like the either Three Musketeers approach or uh, or co-host and so sure. hopefully we can we can do this next week after after a victory but uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back after this go pack go this episode is brought to you by sonic transformation check us out at www.sonictransformation.com sonic transformation your sound refined And welcome back to the second half of Facing the Rams, Alexis Kraft on tap. And the moment you've all been waiting for, our next guest for the divisional round, Alexis Kraft of Downtown Rams. How are you doing, Alexis? I am doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thrilled to get your perspective of the Los Angeles Rams who face off against the Green Bay Packers this Saturday at 325 Central Standard Time. But I've got a couple questions that I ask our guests just to get to know you a little bit more outside of the Rams. It's sort of weaved in too, as Rams are a part of your fabric and vice versa, the Packers are a part of my fabric. But who are you for our guests? I know that you're a host of uh, Downtown Rams, but how did that all start? Yeah, so I guess I should say I was born and raised in St. Louis. So um, I was born a year after the Rams relocated to St. Louis. So I was a diehard fan since, since I can remember. And I had Twitter and I didn't have very many followers except for people who I kind of knew in my real life. Mm-hmm. And I was always tweeting about the Rams, especially during the games and things like that. And the year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl uh, back in early 2019, I posted a picture of myself on Twitter in my Rams gear and I tagged the Rams and their official account retweeted it. And when that happened, a lot of Rams fans from all over the country started following me. And very cool. One of the people who followed me was Jake Ellenbogen, who's the founder of Downtown Rams. And 
he invited me to write some pieces for the Downtown Rams website if I was interested because he saw from my bio that I was a writer and he uh, wanted to see if I had any interest in sports writing, which I did. So I wrote a piece for the website for Downtown Rams and then I was invited to go on the podcast for an episode during draft season. Um, basically it was a, a mock draft episode and long story short, I was invited on a couple times and people liked what I had to say, I guess. So eventually Jake asked me if I wanted to be co-host of the podcast because at the time he was doing it himself. And I said, yes. And we've uh, been doing that podcast together now for, I'd say a year and a half, over a year and a half, uh, which is almost two years actually, now that I think about it. So it's been it's been great. It's been fun. And I've got to meet a lot of cool people, not just Rams fans, but fans of all different teams. And uh, it's a really awesome community. So uh, it's been a real blessing in my life for sure. Well, that's great. Congratulations on uh, going on year two of uh, the downtown Rams. And I checked out a couple episodes to get an idea of your style a little bit. And I love what you got going on. I love the energy. And so I've been looking forward to having you on. And uh, Another question that we ask our guests, uh, specifically of the team that they're covering, with you being a Rams fan, what is your favorite Rams memory? It could be involved with uh, recording an interview or just as a fan. Well, there's so many, but I would say some of my favorite Rams memories weren't specifically games. They were events that I went to as a fan in St. Louis that were kind of unofficial Rams-sponsored events. And there's two that comes to mind. One was back in 2016, um, after the Rams relocated back to Los Angeles, Isaac Bruce and his foundation uh, put on a really big game at the Edward Jones Dome uh, called Legends of the Dome. And he invited all of the kind of greatest show on turf guys and former St. Louis Rams to do a flag football game and you could buy tickets and you could go and, you know, thousands of people showed up and it was really cool because I got to meet Isaac Bruce and I shook Kurt Warner's hand and it was really fun kind of watching Kurt Warner throw touchdowns to Isaac Bruce again. Uh, You know, almost that would have been, you know, 15 years later. So that was really fun. And and that was uh, something I won't forget. And then I would say the, my second favorite memory would be last year, Isaac Bruce put on a flag football game, but you you could actually play in it. So I was part of a team and and it was really fun. And we were coached by former Rams um, that that came to St. Louis and, you know, kind of coached the teams. So we got to hang out there and I got to meet some cool people, including Howie Long, which was really fun. And yeah, so I'd say those are, are two that stand out to me, but just growing up and going to the games, I mean, I'll never forget that either. And and, you know, now that they're in L.A., I, I don't live in L.A., so it's hard, harder for me to go. But I did go to a game uh, last season at the Coliseum, and that was really fun, too. Very cool memories. And wow, you've been very close to the team, literally playing football and being coached by former uh, Rams players and coaches. I'm envious. What a cool memory. And that's definitely sticks out uh, outside of all of our guests and their memories. This is definitely one that uh, I wasn't expecting. I love asking these questions too, because it gives me a little bit of an idea of your background, but covering the Rams, being a lifelong Rams fan, and then having that memory, uh, you sort of have the trifecta of um, experiences. And as we pivot to the game this Saturday, I've been, the Rams, I would say about four or five weeks ago, we started speculating on 
who the teams would be in the NFC playoff picture, who who would be playing. And the Rams always stuck out to me as a team that gave me concerns. I do feel, based off of their record and the seeding with the Green Bay Packers, that they've been clicking on all cylinders all season long. They definitely look like a number one seed. The Rams pose a little bit of a threat because of being a number one defense and the Packers being a number one offense. That and then the Coach McVay effect. I'm a little nervous of this game on Saturday, even though it's at Lambeau, even though the Packers have the one seed, and in a lot of different categories, the Packers are better. But that defense is what scares me. I'm assuming when we talk about what areas do the Rams excel in and struggle in, the defense definitely comes to mind excelling-wise. Could you expand on what the Rams do really well and then also what the Rams struggle in to give us Packer fans a little bit clearer picture? Yeah, so I think you're totally right. The defense is kind of the lifeblood of our team. And honestly, they've been the reason that we've won a lot of games uh, because our offense has been really inconsistent. So I think if you're going against the Rams, you obviously have to worry about the defense. Um, In particular, we have two players who are really dominant. And one in Aaron Donald, who is just (laughs) a freak of nature and is just terrifying to go up against. And then you have Jalen Ramsey, who is arguably, you know, top one, top two corners in the game. So those are obviously the two key pieces of our defense. But then we have a lot of guys um, on our our defense that kind of go under the radar and kind of get um, overlooked due to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, such as Darius Williams, who's one of our our corners, Um, you know, Michael Brockers, Leonard Floyd. Everyone on the defense has been playing really well this year. And they've certainly, uh, like I said, been the reason for a lot of our success. So I definitely think that Looking at the Packers and the Rams, it's going to be the Rams defense against the Packers offense. Um, I think that's going to kind of be the big battle of the game. But as far as our offense, you know, I, I would say when you ask, you know, what do the Rams excel in? I'd say we excel in defense and we struggle in offense. So, you know, okay. our our offense has just been really inconsistent. And there's times when our offense gets rolling where we perform really well. Um, you know, Jared Goff has certainly struggled this season. And the only thing that he's really been excelling in um, is he's pretty consistent in play action. That's something the Rams love to call if, if we're going to throw the ball. And then I'd say the run game, our run game has been pretty good. Cam Akers has kind of been breaking out towards the end of the season. Um, the rookie uh, running back that we have, uh, we were running a, a running back by committee with Akers, uh, Henderson, and Brown. And Henderson, I believe, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. I guess he was short-term IR. Maybe he's not on IR, but he's been injured and he hasn't been playing. So I'm not sure if he'll be playing or not, um, although it looks like he is. So I would just say um, our, our weakness is just playing consistent on offense. And it's really hard if we fall behind in a game our offense very rarely is able to kind of mount a comeback. We did that once against the Bills this season. But other than that, you know, we really struggle coming back uh, if, if we get behind. And I mentioned this in the first half that uh, both teams predicate a lot on play action, Goff and the Rams, and then as well uh, with with Rodgers too with the bootleg or, or a rollout. So I know that both defenses will be keying in on that play action. That'll be definitely a matchup to keep an eye on. In terms of another question that I have for you, you sort of highlighted it a little bit, but what are some matchups that come to mind f- for you from a Rams perspective? Well, I think I think the matchup of the game is going to be Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey. You know, we've seen this thing kind of the Jalen Ramsey effect where he really doesn't get thrown too much. Now, 
you know, when we play teams like the Seahawks, the first time that we played the Seahawks this season, uh, Russell Wilson didn't even look at DK Metcalf. We put Ramsey on Metcalf and he didn't get the ball. And that was pretty much the case the second time we played the Seahawks as well. And, you know, you see kind of the viral clips of DK Metcalf getting really frustrated and things like that. And, <laughs> and you know, you put Ramsey on Hopkins when we played the Cardinals. The same thing happened. They didn't really look DeAndre Hopkins way. And he's an incredible receiver. I've always said that I feel right now, at least this season, that Devontae Adams is the most talented receiver in the league. And I feel personally that Jalen Ramsey is the most talented corner in the league. So I think... And I think that the the confidence that Aaron Rodgers has in Devontae Adams, I I see Rodgers targeting Adams more so than than Wilson would have targeted Metcalf or or Kyler mm-hmm. Murray would have targeted Hopkins. Now I, I think the question is is will Aaron Rodgers target Devontae Adams like normal because he gets a lot of targets and. I don't know. I would venture to say that he's probably not going to be looked at as often, although I do think he will be looked at quite a bit. I think I think that Devontae Adams is going to be targeted a lot more than any other receiver who's been on Ramsey has been this season. So I'm curious as to how that's going to go. I think it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to be a real test. I think it's going to be a test of Ramsey and a test of Adams as well. That's a, a popular storyline as we inch closer and closer to Saturday. And I've got some stats uh, in terms of Ramsey. He's never given up 100 yards to a wide receiver for a full game outside of Amari Cooper in week one where he had seven receptions for 57 yards. Uh, he's really stymied wide receivers. You've got Stephon Diggs who only had a reception. He got a red zone touchdown. Uh, you got Scary Terry who had zero receptions. Allen Robinson had a reception. Evans with four receptions. Hopkins with three and then two in the second matchup. And then DK Metcalf with one reception and then three receptions. So that definitely, I I can see that being a matchup that a lot of fans key in on. The one thing from a Packers perspective, and I know for Coach Lafleur and Rodgers, is that they will feed Adams. So I wonder, moving Adams around a lot we could see him highlighted or featured a little bit more in the slot. If he is featured more in the slot, would Ramsey then move into that slot corner role or will he then get a wide receiver on the perimeter, maybe uh, Marquez Veldes-Scantling? Or do you think he shadows Devonta Adams throughout the entire game? I think he shadows Adams because I think that Adams is that big of a threat that Mm-hmm. McVay is probably just going to put Ramsey on him. I mean, I'm sure there might be a couple plays where that's not the case. I really I really have no idea. I would just imagine based on what we've seen so far from the Rams this season that that will be the case. Whenever we've seen situations, I believe the last game against the Seahawks, um, I think I think it was Metcalf ended up getting a touchdown on the one play Ramsey wasn't on him. And I ended up right, tweeting, this right. is why you keep him on Metcalf. <laughs> um, so I think that maybe the Rams will have learned their lesson on that and, and just have him shadow him. I appreciate that answer. That's definitely been something that's percolating in my head is what will happen. Because I assume that they're going to move Adams around. There'll be a lot of pre-snap uh, motion. A lot of eye candy is what I like to call it in that pre-snap motion. So that's definitely one thing that I wanted to check off the list to ask you. In terms of another match, Matchup. Uh, when you mentioned defense and offense, the Rams have a first-year defensive coordinator in Brandon Staley. Uh, he's deployed a lot of, from what it sounds like, a lot of collegiate concepts into this uh, NFL defense. I'm wondering, I know that Rodgers struggled against 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where they had thrown a lot of different unique concepts at Aaron Rodgers, which they ended up losing 38-10. I'm wondering, could you expand on what sort of concepts or what sort of packages does Brandon Staley deploy that makes them so uh, dangerous on the defensive side of the ball? Well, it's it's funny you bring this up because I was just having this conversation with my co-host Jake because he was being asked about it and I was like I'm definitely someone who I struggle a little bit when it comes comes to identifying defenses and things like that. I will say the Rams play a 3-4 defense mm-hmm. which is something that I know isn't like I think maybe it's becoming more common but it's I have to admit I was actually a critic of this at first because it did take a while for the Rams to I guess I should say get in the swing of things last season with this defense mm-hmm. I just I felt like I felt like it really hurt us up front but other than that I would say if anything Staley is good at bringing out the talents in other players so you look at Leonard Floyd um which is someone who we acquired this season And he was really good when he first started with the Bears. And then Mm -hmm. towards the end of his uh, his tenure at the Bears, he struggled a lot because he wasn't being played in the right position. And what happened is he he ended up taking more of like a a hybrid. What's the word I'm looking for? I want to say outside linebacker, like defensive end position with the Rams. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that we kind of mix that up a little bit for him. And now he's having a lot of success. So I wish I could get more <laughs> into the specifics of, about Staley and in the correct terminology, because I usually hand that off off to Jake. But I don't know if that answered your question or not. But he... No, that did. No, and I appreciate that. I was more just curious because I know um, him being a first-year defensive coordinator, him replacing Wade Phillips. Typically, you see more of like a matur- or maturation process for first-year coordinators. Uh, Coordinators, and it just seems that Brandon Staley is an outlier. What you just provided gives me a glimpse. So I, I hope I didn't stump you or I hope I didn't ca- catch you off guard in, the, in that question. I know I added that to the solidified agenda that I had sent to you. So my apologies for that. But I know what you broke down was perfect. And the comparison with Leonard Floyd as Packer fans, we're all familiar of his sort of rise and fall with the Bears, and now you're seeing this resurgence. Uh, the matchup that you talk about with Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams. Uh, before we wrap up with your game prediction, I've got one other and maybe two other questions. One being, what's your take on what McVay calls the Terminator, Aaron Donald? I didn't know that he had that nickname. I'm fascinated by that nickname. He's got a torn cartilage. Um, we're predicting what's 75, 80%. He's never missed a game on on pace for three-time defensive player of the year, once in a lifetime. The list goes on and on with Aaron Donald. What's your take on Aaron Donald for Saturday? I assume that he's going to wear a flak jacket, but we've also got all-pro center and Corey Lindsley. That's another matchup that I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that Aaron Donald was going to miss this game. I mean, if he Mm -hmm, broke three ribs, I would have felt like he still would have gone out there. Aaron Donald, like you said, he is a generational talent. I mean, he is, I mean, Rams fans still aren't over. Every time I, I watch him play, it's, it, he blows me away. And he's obviously someone that, that opposing offenses have to account for. I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. I don't know if he's going to be on a snap count. Um, I don't know if they're going to try and limit him in in how much he's out there, depending on how the game is going and that type of thing, because obviously, you know, he he is injured. And if this wasn't a playoff game, I don't know if he would be playing or not. But I think that his talent, 
is should be should be at the forefront. I I don't suspect that he's going to let off the gas at all. So I think that he's still going to cause a lot of havoc. But you're right. I think he is going to have a good matchup against Lindsley. And, you know, I'm not sure if the Packers are going to double team him or not. I mean, I would say, you know, 80 percent of the time he's double teamed. So, yeah, you would think and I, I, I would hope and I'm and I don't mean to like throw this in your face. I'm I'm thrilled. I mean, the the human side of me is um, hoping that he recovers. Uh, the football fan in, in me is thrilled that he's not a hundred percent. There's a weird thought that's lurking in the back of my head that this could be like a Michael Jordan flu game for Aaron Donald. Everyone's saying that he's uh, not a hundred percent. He's going to wear a flak jacket, but this is like you mentioned a generational talent. I'm in awe every time I get to watch him play, and uh, I'm all for the superstars in the league excelling. That is that matchup. I'm really curious, especially with the cold, with the talent that we have at offensive line. I would assume that we would double team, but our right guard position is something that is a concern with Lucas Patrick. I don't know if they're going to kick Billy Turner in. I'm not a fan of reshuffling the line. Uh, They've done well so far, considering that they lost David Bakhtiari uh, with a torn ACL New Year's Eve night. One last hurrah for 2020 for us Packer fans and for everyone else. But As we wrap up the episode, first, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge about the Los Angeles Rams. I'm curious, uh, what are your thoughts of Coach McVay and Coach LaFleur LaFleur before being an understudy under McVay? And what are your predictions for this Saturday's showdown? Well, I love both of them um, as coaches. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of LaFleur and I I love, you know, what he's done in Green Bay. And then obviously McVay has had a lot of success uh, with the Rams. And I think that they are are very uh, similar minded. I think that they both um, approach the game kind of in the same way. And I, I think they're both offensive, offensively minded. And I think that you can mm-hmm. kind of see that when you watch the Rams and when you watch the Packers. Um, as far as, you know, my predictions for the Saturday, I think I, I think for me, what I've told people is I, I think if the Rams can beat the Packers, they will win the next game. Like this is the matchup I'm worried about. I think the Packers are the most talented team in the NFC. And should they beat the Rams, they will be uh, who I am cheering for for the Super Bowl. So I want to throw that out there. That's what I like to hear. Um, All you right. Know, I, I'm an Aaron Rodgers fangirl, so I'm, nice. I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, however, I will be cheering for his demise this Saturday. <laughs> and um, uh, I, the big however. I put a couple of videos out on Twitter basically saying I can put my feelings for Aaron Rodgers aside for the betterment of my team. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, I feel nothing for him until this game is over. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I I don't... M- my concern is if the Rams get down by a couple touchdowns, mm-hmm. the coming back from that um, is my concern mm-hmm. for the Rams. I think if the Rams can score early and build a lead, then I could see the Rams winning. But I don't see that happening if they get behind. I think really the question Mm -hmm. mark for me is Aaron Rodgers. I I don't know how the Rams are going to approach that. We haven't seen a quarterback that is like him all season. I mean, we mm-hmm. we beat the Buccaneers and Tom Brady quite easily, but I guess that just depends on how you feel about Tom Brady as, as a quarterback yep. and how you feel about the Bucks, which, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not like a huge fan, but I just think, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, I just, I, this to me is the team I worry most about 
for the rest of the playoffs. If, like I said, I think if the Rams can win, I'm not worried about the Saints or the Bucks. I'm not worried about any AFC team. I'm worried about the Packers. So we'll see. I think this is going to be a test for the Rams. I think this is, like I said, the most talented team that, that we're going to play the rest of the season. Feelings are mutual. I think this is the marquee matchup for this weekend is the Rams-Packers. And um, I don't want to jinx myself moving forward, but uh, this is a team that I've been concerned about. I've been keeping an eye on for the end of November, December. And as fate would have it, we square off in the divisional round against them. Uh, this is going to be a showdown. I, I'm excited to see what happens uh, this Saturday, 3.25 p.m. Central Standard Time. Rams, Packers, before we bid adieu, could you let our fans know where they could follow you on social media as well as uh, any sort of pregame coverage that you might have? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at the Alexis Craft. Um, I'm on there a lot. Uh, we will, we're actually recording later tonight. We're doing a preview episode oh, for the uh, Rams at Packers game. So that should be out uh, later tonight for us or tomorrow. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like I said, I was really excited to come on and get to talk to you. And I'm really excited for this game. And I know one of us is is going to be celebrating this weekend and the <laughs> other one of us won't be. But you know, that's how it goes. That's football, right? Right. Well, I look forward to keeping in touch with you even after this weekend. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on and talk Rams. This was great. You were great. Um, looking forward to following your content, not just uh, leading up to the game, but moving forward. Congratulations, by the way. I saw that you are an official credentialed member for the Reese's Senior Bowl. Yes, I'm excited. I- I'm trying to, there's still a lot to figure out. I'm not sure. I got credentialed for both. I'm not sure if I'm going to be going there physically physically yet or doing the virtual experience. So either either way, though, I will be covering it and, and getting to talk to some of the prospects. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. Well, I look forward to following your coverage on that. Congratulations once again. Thank you so much for coming on. And there you have it, Packer fans. Rams, Packers. This was Facing the Rams. Alexis Craft on tap. Go Pack Go. I am your host, Bryce Christensen, and this is the Unknown Packers Podcast. Thank you so much for following the Unknown Packers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Unknown Packers, as well as Facebook, Instagram, the Unknown Packers podcast. You can check us out on our website, theunknownpackers.com, and a variety of different podcast platforms as well. You can also say, hey, Alexa, play the Unknown Packers podcast. That's right. We're friends with Alexa. Go Pack Go. This podcast was edited and produced by Sonic Transformation. Sonic Transformation. Your sound, refined.